New members, I welcome you once again into this caring community. You have made a good choice, <laughs> at least in my opinion. I am not exactly an objective observer, however, but I am some kind of an observer. I am an observer looking at something from within that something. Why do I think it's good? We know that community is a good thing for human beings. There's actually research on that, that being part of a community is good for us. It's even good for us health-wise. We know, or at least we have research that says that people who belong to a community live longer. Why would that be? Well, for most people, it's good not to be alone in life. It's good to have friends, good to be someplace where we are accepted for who we really are, where we can say what we really believe, where we can share our search with other searchers. Community improves the quality of life, almost always. Religious communities are one kind of communities that can fill this need, and there are other kinds of groups that can fill it as well. But, despite this benefit, uh, religion in general is not really on the upswing these days. These are not great days for religion. It's partly, I think, the skepticism about some of the theological tenets, which many people see as obsolete or outdated, and much of which does not stand up to scientific worldview. And it's also that many religious groups have made horrible decisions on social issues. Just horrible. Uh, I grew up in a denomination that was partly founded before the Civil War in order that slaveholders would have a church that would say that slavery is okay. And it took that particular group 150 years to issue a correction on that point of view and say that slavery is actually evil. So it took 150 years, and I'm glad they did it. But this does not increase my confidence that religious groups make good moral decisions all the time. Not at all. So much of the decline in the credibility of religion, I think, rests directly from bad decisions and questionable alliances, mostly for power. So religion is not in its best shape at all. And much of it is not that hard to understand. So it's a really interesting question whether the shortcomings of religion are due to some deep fault in religion itself. In other words, religion is inherently messed up somehow. Or it might be that these defects that we see in religion are really 
weaknesses in human nature that occur in all aspects of life. And actually, to be honest with you, I'm more inclined towards that second one, mainly because I don't see secular people doing any better. So I think it's about equal myself, but this is one of those questions that we can get into. So uh, let's go over to Panera's or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I can see a couple people with flashes in their eyes already. And we'll talk it over. But either way, um, John Lennon's famous song, Imagine, is, is an example of this where he says, uh, imagine there's no this, imagine there's no that, and no religion too. Because, you know, and it's a lovely song. I, I, I love it. But I don't know if that'll work. Another problem, uh, I, have some, I have friends who you know, say we need to get rid of religion. And I'll tell you one of the problems with that. Well, I can think of two. One of them is I don't know how you would do that without becoming really oppressive. So I don't know a, a way that respects you know, freedom of thought. And the other one is if you think about serious problems of our time, let's think about climate change. Um, there's no time to worry about that religion thing right now. There isn't enough time to worry about that. You have to go right ahead with everybody, just the way they are. If they're this or they're that, or they're believers or non-believers or Protestant or Catholic, there's no time to worry about that. So there's a timing problem on that. We have to go ahead. Um, it's also true that religion is very diverse. At the recent Parliament of World Religions that many of us attended, there was something like two, I believe it was 260 different religious groups. So that's a lot of different people. And as we learned, some of us from reading a, a book called God is Not One in one of our classes on Thursday nights, these groups have widely divergent views and practices, and some of those are more appealing than others. Our tradition of Unitarian Universalism has some special qualities which I think are very attractive and helpful on our journey together. The affirmation of every person as having worth and dignity is a powerful statement which we try to live out. The freedom we enjoy to think and express ourselves freely on any topic our passion for justice and our community of caring. These are deeply valuable qualities of any community, whether they be religious or non-religious. But those qualities are not found everywhere. Our lack of dogma, I think, is a strength and not a weakness. Sometimes people think that we don't have a creed because we couldn't think of one. We could come up with dozens of creeds, really. We could, we could do that by noon. But the problem is coming up with one. That's not so easily done. And so we, our tradition has consciously chosen to say we don't need to reduce it down to one. It's okay to have those different ideas. That is fine. Be free to search. Be free to search for truth without any preset conditions. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful way to be. 
In my 27 years as a minister in this church, I have tried repeatedly, and some of you are undoubtedly aware of this, to lift up the idea that there are not just two religious paths. Sometimes it seems that we think that there's basically different kinds of fundamentalism and then there's atheism. So you gotta pick one of those two. That's, those are the two paths. So I have tried very hard to lift up the fact that there are many options in, in religion and in secularism that are all over a very wide spectrum. There are options like liberation theology, process theology, feminist theology, uh, religious and secular forms of humanism, naturalistic theism, unitary and universalist theories of Christianity. There's reform Judaism, which some people say is very close to Unitarian Universalism. There are liberal branches of Hinduism and indeed really all the major religions. There are uh, ecological theologies, nature theologies, spiritual disciplines like meditation and yoga that require no religious belief whatsoever. There are all kinds of options. And I have tried to lift that up because I think that's a liberating place for us to be. There are many ways to look at these things. And there are many good people in all of those. And not only that, the exploration can be fun. At least it's fun to me. That's my idea of a good time. That's like going out on Saturday night. <laughs> One, as, as a as I come down to this time in my life, I realize that one option I have think I have ever preached about, which I think is worth thinking about, is agnosticism. I don't think I've ever given a sermon on agnosticism. And as I think about it, I think agnosticism is a pretty good deal. So, uh, for example, Robert Ingersoll, who's a religious hero to many you use, was known as the great agnostic. Many people think of him as an atheist, but he didn't use that title. Uh, he said he was an agnostic. Agnosticism allows us to be open to a lot of possibilities without having to decide which one is right. You don't have to decide. And I just want to say, I think that's a very interesting option. That's a very interesting option. So you don't have to join one team or the other. And I'm not saying you need to do that, but I'm saying that I need to lift up that possibility because it's worth thinking about. Lots of women in the 70s and 80s particularly and carrying on to the present time found the patriarchal, judgmental, old white man God oppressive. Many men did too, by the way. And one of the things that happened, especially in the 70s and 80s, and carrying on to the present, is that many women lifted up feminine images of God, known as goddess, and found those images to be useful and moving and meaning-creating, 
And so that's an interesting twist on the theism-atheism split. Isn't that an interesting twist? Uh, <clears throat> I think it was Rabbi Michael Lerner who said on one of the talk shows one night, I think it was Bill Maher, and, and Bill, Michael Lerner is a, a, a rabbi, very progressive rabbi, and Bill Maher sa said to him, uh, how can you be a theist? You're an intelligent person. How could you possibly believe in a, in a, a male, old man, judgmental, mean-spirited God? Uh, and Michael Lerner, the rabbi, replied, well, I'm an atheist as far as that's concerned. <laughs> I'm just flat out an atheist. So when we talk about atheists and theists, it's always in reference to some picture we have in our minds. So, another thought. I want to throw out, because my time is, if I don't get these options out, I'll probably get cited for uh, incompetence by the Minister's Association. Another option I want to lay on the table for you is a point of view called religious pragmatism, which doesn't get a lot of press either. Religious pragmatism essentially says that a point of view which is maybe not strictly defendable from a truth point of view could still bring benefits and be a good it could be a good way to go let me give you an example of how that would work what if all the different kinds of people from different religious beliefs joined together to work on climate control and let's suppose that some of those people believe things that we just think don't make any sense whatsoever but we make the climate, uh, climate change goals in partnership with them. So how would we evaluate which is more important to make those climate change goals or to argue with that person about theology? So pragmatism says, in a sense, that if it works, it's, it's good. Now, I'm just throwing that out, but I think it's a powerful thing. There are... Uh, many, many people now, evangelicals, who call themselves green evangelicals. And those people could be some of our primary partners in working for climate change. So think about it. I'll be over at Panera's tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Come on over. <clears throat> those evangelicals feel called by God to protect his creation. And by gosh, if they pull it off, I'll go to their church. <laughs> At least a few times. <laughs> I will. Because that'll be the most, one of the most powerful events in human history. So that's something to contemplate. All right. Uh, <clears throat> there's a guy named Sam Harris, who's one of the new atheists, wrote a book called The End of Faith which I find to be a fascinating book. He spends about 200 pages just ripping religion to shreds, telling us why it's absolutely the most ridiculous thing ever. And then at the very end of the book, he says there are three basic needs that people have that are associated with religion. The need for community, the need for ethical guidelines, and the need for spiritual experience. Now he talks a little bit about what 
spiritual experiences, but I would say spiritual experiences, anything that takes our awareness out of our immediate ego absorption and puts us into a wider experience or a wider context for our lives. So that's what he said. We need community, ethical guidelines, and the need for spiritual experience. That sounds right to me. That sounds really right. We do need those things. And when religious groups function in a healthy way, that's what they provide. And the same is true for secular groups who aspire to be uh, people who can answer those kinds of questions. So that's what healthy community is, whether we call it religious or not. And I think that's what we strive to do here. To be a loving and caring community, to seek after justice, equity, and right action, both within these walls and beyond, to provide opportunities for genuine spiritual growth, free from any coercion or dogmatic limitations, to stick with each other on the journey to expand our circle of concern outward to everyone. Those are our goals. Easy to say, but challenging enough for a lifetime of community effort. To find a place that offers these opportunities is not a trivial discovery. It is not a trivial thing at all. It is remarkable and precious. As I approach my retirement in about a month, I find myself appreciating the church more intensely. It has somehow heightened my sense of the value of this community. It is not that there aren't other religious and secular communities that are also vibrant and life-enhancing. Thank goodness there are other communities. Our chances would be so much less without them. And of course, there are also religious and secular communities that are part of the problem and not part of the solution. I hope we'll be able to will, willing to work with anyone who comes in peace and goodwill. I hope we will not slip into being judgmental in ways we don't like to see in others. And I don't really think we will, but it's something to think about. I hope that we'll stick to our core principles of affirming freedom of thought and expression, encouraging each other while accepting our differences, working together for justice, for a compassionate society and for peace in our world, peace with each other and with the earth. I had the great good fortune once to hear Nelson Mandela speak and he said, well, among other things that I remember, he said that the deepest problems of the world will need the cooperation of the religions to be solved. That was part of his message. So I hope that you new members will take full advantage of the opportunities that are offered here. I hope that you have fun here, because a piece of it is just having fun. And I hope you will grow and find yourselves enriched by these experiences. And I hope that all of us will continue to be enriched by each other's company on our journeys. And truly, that is the best way to travel. A community like this is not on every corner. 
a community where we're invited and challenged to bring our best selves. Not that many institutions in the world extend the invitation to be our best selves in that community because a lot of them find that very inconvenient. And it messes up the organizational structure and causes trouble. <laughs> so we don't get that invitation everywhere we go. So when we do get that invitation, then it's important to accept it and to use it. Especially in these times where many of the institutions we have thought we could trust are themselves in danger and that we can't necessarily depend upon them to lift up the values of our culture in a strong way. As a matter of fact, we have to worry about us lifting up those institutions so that they remain strong and can carry out their mission. So we need a place where we can ally ourselves with people who are still committed to living with honesty, integrity, and compassion, even though we may fall short of our ideals. We need people who will get up and try once again to live the best life possible, even when we fall short and we fall down. We want to be with people who will grab our hand and help us back up and say, let's, let's try again. In this way, our best self emerges in the context of a caring community. I am absolutely convinced that that happens a lot. Our best self emerges in the context of being in relationship in a caring community. Isolation and greed do not bring happiness. Just ask our friend Mr. Scrooge, whose story is being told this afternoon at the GAR Hall, that isolation and greed do not make people happy, even though it's very tempting. But it doesn't work. In a community like this of any religious background or no religious background, the most satisfying dimensions of life have a chance to break through into consciousness and into action. This is a place where that becomes more likely. And so we're all invited to take advantage of this not so common opportunity. I hope we will encourage each other on this path and join hands with friends and neighbors who are of like mind and heart. For this is our best chance to create the kind of life that we are seeking in communities like this, this one and many others. So welcome everyone to this imperfect yet deeply caring community where all good things are possible. Amen.